Welcome to another episode of Not Enough Asian by 1.5 Chinese Podcast. Oh, what? The first episode of the year. Once we open up the year, we're now going to talk into something a bit more close to our heart. <laughs> we randomly came across this topic that that's how random we are. We're always yes. very... So I think today we're going to talk about social media. Yes. So we are going to look into social media, how social media became a way of life and how did it influence our online persona? How do we want to show people how great our life is online or how sad our life is, how depressed and also what are the effects of it? Uh, it's very, it's very, uh, it's a good flow because we were talking about being more social ourselves in the last episode, like <laughs> self out there. Although both our accounts are still private, we have a podcast um, account there is right now, now. yeah so you have not follow it's not enough asia 1.5 on instagram thank you <laughs> but like um i think we decided to do that simply because we feel like it's time we have enough content to do it uh we have found we found we found the need to engage with people more so that yeah. we to do that so on a related topic up to that um i think what what has social media become for like because we came from a physical face-to-face so when uh, dial-up modem was still a thing. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Um, how has the social media poll portion changed your way of life? What, what socials are you on? Yeah, so, okay, let's go back in time. I think during our teenage days. Oh, in time, you sound like you're going to Jurassic Park. Or something. Yeah, it's like the dinosaur days to some of our listeners right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dial-up modem. Dial-up modem is what? Nobody knows that. The modem. I mean, fine. Yeah. So back in the days where um during our during my teenagehood, I actually used block, blogspot.com. I don't know anybody heard about it. MSN. Do you remember? MSN was like our messenger uh, in the past where we. Uh, after school, we were straight away locked into our MSN account to chat with our friends. Like, we have not seen them enough in school, that kind of stuff. Little time controls me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was very sad when... I, I was really I was really sad when it decided to dissolve. I have IRC, eh? You don't have that. I don't have that. I never use IRC. Oh, oh my god. It's like all these, these terms that nobody knows. But anyway. And then after that, it was Friendster. Wait, Facebook. It's about Tumblr. It's Oh, I never used Tumblr also, but there was an era on that. Yeah, Friendster and Tumblr are friends. Yeah, Friendster, Tumblr, and then it gone into Facebook. Um, and then Instagram. I remember I created my first, my Instagram account back in 2013. That was when I was in university. <laughs> yeah, and then now, I mean like during that same period, it was also Twitter was also the up and coming thing. Dairy, do you remember? Yes, Dairy, but Dairy yeah. is like, it's like an online blog. Mm. Yeah, but right now I only have um Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, WhatsApp, and all those other messaging platforms just because of work related and things like that. But otherwise, like things like Snapchat or TikTok, I don't have any of those at all. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I I think similar. It's just that uh we I have Twitter, which I am not active anymore. I used to be there, <laughs> or like everything I would tweet. Like that was a that was a whole phase, right? Yeah. Um, you know the hundred and forty words. But I, Twitter is now a Japan, Korea, and US dominated market in Asia. Mm. Uh, Instagram, yes. Uh, 
Facebook don't really use, but you know, sometimes memories pop up or we may try and remember friend's birthday. Uh, <laughs> it's very old to say that I'm on Facebook because nobody else is on. Only your parents and everybody above 40. Then um, Instagram, yes. Uh, did I say Instagram? Yeah, Instagram, yes. That, that's definitely most active. Refuse to get on um, um, TikTok. And Me too. I refuse as well. I don't have enough brain cells as is. And then... Um, I, the rest, like uh, Snapchat, I'm on. I don't use, but I read like news on Snapchat. Like I oh. use it. Yeah, I read Daily Mail on there, which is very strange. Huh? It's just like little. Yeah, it's very strange. I have never created any Snapchat accounts or how Snapchat works. I've never done that before. It's horrible. Don't use it. It's, yeah. It works very slowly, but it kind of compiles the videos into stories. So mm. it's uh, easy, like bite-sized information. Uh, it's just that um, for some reason like like to read from there mm. uh, I don't really like even in Instagram right you know the stories like you will see your friends but mm. you won't seek out stories to read right yeah yeah so I don't know why I feel like Snapchat was the OG of the stories right mm. it was it was before Instagram implemented it yeah I, I've never posted anything though so it was just yeah for fun oh my god so with the use of all these social media, right? I, I believe the both of us are most active on Instagram. That's where we actually post some updates or funny stories or like our travels and things like that. Do you think that over time, when we first started using um, Instagram till now, we try to change the way that our posts look like or what are the messaging that we want to show people from our posts on Instagram itself? You mean like the emo nemo era to now and you're yeah. like... Like in the past, okay, for, for my own experience, right? In the past, when I look back into my 10 years ago posts, I can post like images every single day and I don't care whether people like my image or not. And the quality is like just like, you know, all the selfies and stuff. But now it's more, a little bit more curated. I just want to be a bit more careful with what I post up to share to people. Yeah, that's well, why I feel. Last time you're more scattered. Last time, yeah, I'm more scattered and I and I was willing to share. I only I think it was only six years ago that I actually private my account. In the past, my personal Instagram account is public. Yeah. You're always private. No, eh, I think it was only 2017 or 2018 that I decided to go private because I feel like I'm exposing myself too much. Um you have close friends. You mean the Instagram? Yes, I do. There's only like maybe 10 people on it. <laughs> no, okay. Um, I think I was also public for a while and then I decided to go private uh, everything. The stories when it's just started, yeah, you're a bit loosey-goosey, like you share like what happened that day or whatever. Then slowly, slowly, I become more of like um, sharing the shows that I'm watching or like um, funny video, like just share to story. I usually do that a lot, share to story. Mm. So that's about it that's, the personality portion is just funny or, or just complaining about work or complaining <laughs> situation uh, collect public opinion but you know you have evolved from the post itself when you yep. curate yes to story and I think last year or the year before was the first year I struggled like, I don't even have enough post eh, to form the, the grid 9 do you remember grid 9? oh yeah I know I know like they will take your best nine or best like pictures and stuff. Because I don't have nine, I have like three maybe in a year. <laughs> so let me see how many posts do I have in a year. 
for me, I try to because I do aerial silks a lot, so I will, story, right? yeah, I will. I will usually post it as a reel, but it will be posted onto my feed itself. Um, but otherwise, unless there's something like I try to every quarter post something on my feed so that I can remember what I did. <laughs> uh, in twenty twenty two, I have a grand total of four posts. Oh my god! <laughs> you should have two posts. It just gets lesser and lesser. I think I had so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Not more highlights than yeah. You use, about, you use reels. Yes. So like the twenty twenty three wrap up for my year, I actually tried to use the reel to put everything together because ten pictures is not enough for me to show my my year to myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't. I don't... I did a highlight this I did a real I did one real highlight this year using the mm. whatever. Uh yeah, I think that was a good tool to make it in video side, but I refuse to get on the auto auto highlight reels that Instagram keep pushing. Because I feel like it's too trivial to to just keep Yeah, because it just they just capture whatever that you post on your story and try to combine it together. I think I that's how the concept behind it. Summary every month, every other week, you know. I don't need mm. that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's pretty much our social media presence. Do you know how on average how often do you post? Um, for stories, it really depends. When I usually when I travel, I will post so that that keeps me really? updated. Uh, I because now I'm a bit more like even more private than before. So I will only post my travels like maybe two days after my first day when I land in the country, so that people don't know exactly where I am. <laughs> I not not anybody's talking me just in case. No, it makes sense. no, it's just for safety purposes. Yeah, but for like Instagram picture posts, it really depends. I, my, in my mind is I usually try to post every quarter. So like of like the first three months and then the subsequent months and things like that. So that I know consolidated what the hell I've did for the past few months. Yeah, and usually when I post even more, it's because of my um, aerial silks. When I finish my showcase week, then I'll just post it online just for me to remember what I did. <laughs> Actually, it's just for me to remember what the hell I've been doing. That's it. <laughs> yeah, because like you, on Instagram, you can see your stories archive, right? So I think on average, maybe I post like once a week stories. Mm, mine is not very frequent. It really depends on my mood. Mm. Yeah, sometimes I can post like maybe... Half the week or more than half a week, but sometimes yeah. appear for like three weeks to a month. So okay, I have a very I have a question to ask. So what is the first thing you do right when you open your eyes after you like when you wake up from your? Oh, I will go off airplane mode. Oh, you put airplane mode when you are asleep. Mm. So honestly, nobody can find me when I'm sleeping, lah. So... Which is a good thing, lah. You know, but it's not a very responsible adult thing. So. But who is going to call you at 11pm? Like some emergency, some emergency. But I feel like everything is fine now. Like there's no, there's no impending worry for me. So I can go under. It's like, mm. some is typical condition. Like nobody can find me. Mm, that's true. But in any case for me, right, I don't do airplane mode. My phone is always vibration. no vibration, no sound. No vibration. <laughs> No vibration. The reason, the reason being, I think I shared in the first few epi- uh, podcasts before, is because I had PTSD from the our first agency where our work 
um, stuff is also in our personal phone. So every time there is like suppliers or like clients or even our own boss tries to contact us any time of the day, it keeps vibrating. It gives me the anxiety that, oh my God, my God, something is coming in. Yeah. So like, like your family or something. Family is okay. Family hardly ever calls because I'm always with them. And but it's because of the work stuff that happened in the first few years when we were in the same agency, right? Then mm. I, I really stopped my phone from the vibration and, and put it in silent mode, 365. Uh, my phone is always in vibrate. But to answer your question, uh, the first thing I do, I'll, I'll go off the alarm on airplane, plug it in, or even sometimes I plug it in before I go on airplane, then I go and do whatever I need before I check. Mm. Because I, again, like you said, it's a, it's very stressful to see all the messages pouring. Yes. Tuesday onwards. Monday is okay. Still okay, yeah. Yes, it's, it's quiet. But Tuesday to Friday, that morning, all the messages or work messages will come in. So, um, and I still don't, I still have the habit of not checking my work messages. Unless somebody is dying, I will not reply until I sit at my desk. Oh, my, I still have the bad habit. The first thing when I wake up after I switch off my alarm, I will just press my phone to see if there is notification. And if what there's what? a WhatsApp notification or like Outlook notification, part of me, I've learned to not look at it first. I'm going to get my things done, then come back and look at it. But sometimes I just can't help it. I just like, I will click and then I was like, oh shit, it ruined my morning. <laughs> Something so important on WhatsApp that I need to reply now, now. If not, I will just let it be. But if I happen to see it, then I will reply. La. So mm. it's not very common, like somebody dying. Even your amongst friends, what can be so urgent, right? That's true. Uh. Nobody's going to die, right? I mean, if there is, there will be like, I don't know, 20 missed calls already. If I take away your phone from you, does it even matter? No, never. Right? Some people yeah. They, they have to have their phone charged at 70-80%. If anytime they fall below certain percentage, they get very panicky. If their phone is not physically with them, they get very panicky. I, I, I have gone past that already. My phone yeah. is fine. It's fine. I'm just it's there. La. I know where it is. That's it. La. Like, yeah. Know. Unless like, you don't know where it is, then obviously like, you will panic. But otherwise, I'm okay with leaving my phone in my room while it's charging and I'll just go around my day doing stuff. Unless it's yeah. like, again, it's a work day, like, something urgent pop up then okay fine but if it's like a weekend I, I'll just bring it with me to where whichever room I'm in but I'm not going to check it like every damn time uh. yeah that's true that's true okay so yeah. if that's the case then you're not flexible to uh, FOMO or cyberbullying really what no but I think for FOMO part, okay so FOMO is in, in the long term is called fear of missing out and let me give you the definition of FOMO let me Okay, go. So the guys, the term of FOMO was coined in 1996. So there are actually uh, related terms to FOMO, like things that you never know, like the more you know. So after of FOMO, there is fear of better option, FOMO. There's mystery of missing out, FOMO. There's reality of missing out, ROMO. And then there's fear of joining in, like fear of sharing things, but not get. And there's JOMO, joy of missing out. So yeah, so guys, that's the research that I did. But point, uh, there are actually physical symptoms of uh, FOMO for those people who like to diagnose themselves. Let me give you some. Um, <laughs> let me give you some physical symptoms that uh, may give you an inkling that you are uh, I think a FOMO person. Okay? Yeah, self-diagnosed. Fear of this 
such as uh, obsessively checking social media to see what others are doing. That means uh, in the middle of dinner, while everybody's talking, you take out your phone, then you keep refreshing your Instagram. Okay, that's called obsessive. Like that kind of behavior. Experiencing negative feeling when comparing one's life that others seem to be doing better on social media. Feeling mentally exhausted on social media. Wow, I've never felt that before. I've never felt that before. Okay, wait. There are others. Oh, this, some of these may, we may feel attacked. First, uh, over-scheduling, trying to be everywhere else. Oh, I'm very guilty of that. Withdrawing from others. Well, you know, sometimes. Okay. Feeling physically tired. That's not true. I feel tired all the time. Uh, feeling sad, anxious or depressed. Difficulty concentrating, trouble sleeping. But these are very general, general symptoms. Uh. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the first three was a bit more telling. Mm. Although it's not a diagnosable condition right now, but these are the... <laughs> Yeah, I think with the rise of the social media presence of everybody, because it's actually very strange in this day and age if we know somebody and the person tells us that, oh, I don't have any social media presence at all. I don't have LinkedIn, I don't have uh, I don't Facebook. Yeah, it would be very sus. Like, I mean, okay, let's just take an example. If we meet somebody online through, like, say, a dating app, the first thing we do based on the name and whatever information that we get, we will start searching on Google or somewhere to see whether there's this person's profiling to make sure that this person is real. <laughs> That's the first thing that I would probably do. So without social media presence, it will feel like the person is a bit suspicious. Like, what, what is there to hide and, and yes. things like that? What is there to hide? I mean, yeah. People really don't have that, then they don't really care, and they don't even remember where their yeah. phone is. Sometimes, he said, yeah, but yes, they do. Um, but I think so far, uh, for the FOMO portion of things, have mm. you ever feel FOMO before? Do you have a FOMO? Mm, I think maybe uh, when I first started using Instagram like 10 years ago, um, I um, that's where okay, I think the first thing was to me, I've never chased trends in my life I don't really care so I remember the Instagram account was actually created by my uni friend who sat next to me and make sure that I created an account and I posted you to create accounts like what Yiling taught us the other day yes yes so like I'm very slow with all these things because I feel it's very cumbersome to like well I have to post this post that and I really have a lot of other things to do right yeah so from then onwards right, I started to get hooked to it because I see people like posting like very nice aesthetics pictures or like using the filter in the past, I was like, okay, I also need to do that. And during time, during the during that time where the Instagram was created by my friend, right? I was actually in UK studying, so I started posting um like very like mundane my my mundane life as a student in UK kind of thing um posts on. Instagram itself and then once I don't know whether there was still hashtag at that point in time but you can see like related posts and stuff from your explore page right they'll say oh this person is doing this at this time and whatsoever maybe I should do that too in Twitter when the hashtag started you also tap in to see like funny stories mm, yeah so I think FOMO part I don't feel like I, I was very FOMO but um, there's one period of my life um, when I graduated from university that was the period where, you know, I was doing the job hunting and things like that. And then that's where also pe- most of my peers, uh, because they graduated, like, uh, I mean, they finished school earlier than, um, they already started working. So they were posting about like uh, their work life and things like that. Then when I, obviously at that point in time, you're not in a very good place where you look at that, you're just like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Am I like doing something wrong? Or like, you know, that, that kind of feelings come. Um, but otherwise, I don't feel like I'm very formal in any sense. <laughs> What about you? Yeah, I mean, I do. But like, for me, it's like, if people go to places that I've never been before, then I'll be like, oh, I also want to go. It's more of like that, 
that ambience like oh uh, mm. much like um the 73 percent of these people who have been surveyed they say that they find vacation post annoying uh i'm on a i'm on a like two sides of the coin for that if it's a place that i've never been to then i want to live vicariously through you like your sapa trip recently i want to live vicariously through you but if it's like a place that i've been to or like people are just very like generous with what they're sharing along the way then like are you a vacation or are you like a social media <laughs> actually on, on this topic right um because like i we do a lot of work trips right so i sometimes i post quite frequently i don't post anything on my work trip because it's a work trip it, there was one point where I started to be a bit more conscious about what I'm posting because I realized that not a lot of people had the chance to travel because um like COVID just um like we just finished the whole COVID ep- ep- episode and then but there were people on my Instagram that um sent me DMs to say that hey I really love living um through your stories to see like you know the outside world and things like that so that made me feel like okay okay I'm not posting too excessively um even though like I was just genuinely sharing um the things that I see or like the the things that I was trying not like showing off or anything of that sort you know but some people may take it the other way which I've never received like any negative comments about hey why you always travel ah you know like that, that kind of stuff. I've never but I know that some influencers when they do all these things online they, I'm, I'm very sure they they do receive um, like negative comments like that I feel yeah Um. even like I, well believe it or not I mean a friend with like a what 12 years old like yeah I mean a friend random randomly I was like this young girl they were just chatting and she's very outgoing you know she does performance and everything then I was like oh what's your Instagram let's exchange handle Surprisingly, the 12 year old still has Instagram, but of course she has a TikTok. Mm-hmm. So I've been looking at her posts, and apparently, um, when she asked, like, you know, ask me anything anonymously, mm. the NGL link, um, people don't give her, like, whatever is in her follow. She's like, yeah, you suck, you know, you, I don't think you sing very well. I think this so and so is better. Or, I don't like you as a person. Like, she asked, like, questions, like, like, very basic questions, like, oh, what do you think of me? And so I think she kind of expected and not expect so I asked her like how did this uh impact you when you see this post and she's like mm, actually I'm just going to ignore them she has a very healthy attitude towards that mm. but also I think she also kind of expect that there will be diverse mm, opinions audience yeah I think she's kind of mentally prepared which is great but mm. I think at the same time also shocked that she received this kind of hate because she showed me and said hey, look my somebody said this and it's anonymous uh, so they, she doesn't know who is it and who said that specifically uh, but she it didn't get to her. That was the good takeaway from the story. Because mm. for somebody who's as young as 12, even below 18, it, it gets to you, right? Because this is like your whole world. Mm. We came from a part, we came from a, a time where physical bullying was a thing. Yes. Now it's both. Because yes. now harass you in anonymous ways through social media. They can text you what they think anytime. Last time I have to call you to tell you I hate you, you know. <laughs> Oh, wait for you under the block. <laughs> All right, a very, very, you know, rustic way of doing things. Now I can talk to you and tell you, like, I give you a piece of my mind, which is great and not great at the same time. And um, I think there are also instances that you see stories of people uh, bullying uh, others over text to, to that extent that you feel like I have no choice. Like, I have no choice but to go and kill myself. Or I affirm the fact that you suck and you should go and kill yourself. So, uh, trigger warning, but this is, Things that actually we have seen examples of people cyberbullying and, and, and really going going for it because they know that there's nothing you can do to me. Yeah. 
Because yeah. it's technically quite difficult to track anybody online. I mean, the IP ad using IP address, yes, you can find a location, oh, but yeah. there's 101 ways of yeah. know, masking yes, your IP. A serious level of alert, then this will be used. But anything outside of that, nobody, like, what can you do? Or do you say, oh, this person say bad things about me? But again, it's very frivolous nowadays, like opinions, mm -hmm. um, posts, right? Showing hate, especially if it's anonymous. Uh, if you have a uh, like, you, if it's not named like a Discord or like whatever, right? You don't have an account. People cannot track you at mm. of that. People are very frivolous about what they say and how they feel words. Yeah, I mean, like coming back to FOMO itself, I think um the trends that the Instagram uh okay not not just Instagram the influencers in general put out there um you know like even like for how do I put it for celebrities. They also follow a certain trend, like the dance challenge where the, the new single has been released and things like that. So it becomes like more prominent for people to know that you need to know that this is happening there, for example. And then suddenly if you tell people, oh, I never heard about this song before, and, and you will hear people like, what? Huh? You're living in a well? Like, and then you start you start to feel, oh shit, did I miss out something that I should have known? But it's 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 like, why am I missing out here? So I think this also will cause like, I don't know, in, indirectly outcasts of a certain people if they are not on the, like in the trend or like knowing what's going on around them. That could also cause, it indirectly cause a, like bullying eventually because this person is, I don't know, isolated, more special. Yeah, I mean, um, from a formal standpoint, of course, um, you you feel like you want to get involved, right? So if on its own, that person is already a low self-esteem, a lonely person, or like, they just want to, they just feel like they need to be included in everything. That's why the challenge, even if you do the challenge, nobody reciprocate, right? Like nobody responds. How sad is no, that? No lights, then they still feel very sad. Yeah, it does a whole thing, right? Because you, then you get depressed because like, does nobody care about me? Or like, mm. you start to do things that are attention-seeking. A lot of it stems from the existing personality of this person already. Like, if you're young, then your frontal lobe is less developed. Obviously, you will do stupid things like risk-taking activities. You will think like going for drinking or whatever, doing substances is very cool. So you started like hosting this kind of thing. So it, it leads to even more isolation, even lonelier. And, and it's just a way of struggling to complicate as well. Mm. And yeah. also, I think part of FOMO is also trying to stay relevant. Um to the society like yeah. just taking for example some of the influ top influencers like I think there's one that do parkour on like the high-rise building and things like that so he was challenged to do like a certain stunt in like one of the tallest buildings in the world or something along that line and he lost his life just because he wanted to complete the challenge that was given by his followers and I think that's quite scary lah if you think about it your life is dependent on these people and and it's it's Again, uh, the younger you are, the more vulnerable you mm. are to this, right? So, um, even the, regardless, you carry this with you uh, as you age, you carry all your childhood attachment issues as, as you grow up. So, it just gives a, a way to, it's good in a sense that you allow people to communicate their personality whatever they want to, to people that they know or don't know. And you avoid like awkward face-to-face -face interactions. It's good for people who are like, a, bit, a bit more introvert. But at the same time, uh, kind of stop you from talking to people face-to-face. -face. Mm, yeah, because now mostly it's texting. If somebody call me, I try not to pick up the phone call. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so like the whole validation portion, a lot of it is seek validation. Like, look, I have this. Look, I'm going there. So yeah, I get that. And and, and you get that validation when 
people like me will be like, oh, I also want to go, right? Then you're like, oh, you know, living vicariously through them, the positive side of things. But you also get people who are jealous, like, oh, I'm so annoyed. Mm. Person, but this, this is like, that feeling of annoyed is just very strange, right? So mm. it's a point to understand as well that then don't, if you're annoyed, then don't engage. Like, don't mute the story. You know you can mute the story, right? Yeah. Unfold. Or like, just unfollow the person. <laughs> Like, and like I think when we spoke about the body image episode, um, I think I, I think one of either me or you or somebody mentioned that we will unfollow the person if we feel like they are over glorifying their bodies and stuff. Mm. Yeah, so those are the the ways that you can. But first, you gotta be very aware that you're FOMO and deal with your emotions because how you feel about it is how you feel. It doesn't nobody cares. You know, you have to deal with your own emotions and yeah, agree. Yeah, so then from there, whether you build the guy for the rest of the day, it's on holiday or whatever, or you can, you can build the story, you can unfollow. There's a lot of things you can do. La. You can don't open the app. So. Yeah, do a detox from whatever apps that you're using. I think at, at the end of this, this conversation, we probably need tips on what you can do when it comes to social media and FOMO just to mitigate the situation. Mm. But um, the, the not wanting to miss out, I think it's fine. Right, it's just not going overboard with it. Mm. I think if you really feel like you're missing out something, you can actually work towards yeah. that and get it done. But I don't think you need to follow trends or you need to, you know, be always at I don't know a trend start a trend setter or a trend starter kind of thing. If you if you don't get to do it, then just don't do it lah. Don't. I know there are some cases where like um in some Asian countries, right? Like for example, the trend is to wear like a I don't know North Face long. Um, jacket or something like that suddenly the whole nation will look like they are all from they come from the same factory and things <laughs> along that line and there are some cases where people who are not from very well-to-do family you know North, North Star clothes are quite expensive so they will actually ask their parents hey I, I really I need one of these because um, everybody else in school is is wearing the same is wearing that particular jacket for example so all these things is like a very bad cycle bad, bad, bad way of like you know, trying to mitigate your own FOMO. If yeah. put your own FOMO onto somebody else to get your things done just because you don't have yeah, it. People also bought by FOMOing together, right? So that's... <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, so the, the whole, the, again, the positive and negative, like feeling envious and also you want to do this, it's, it's okay. But if you're jealous or you're annoyed, then that's, you need to understand the, the reason behind the feeling, right? And uh, use it to your advantage, right? Pick the positive. Mm. Things, but uh, and also how do you deal with yourself? You are going towards the negative part of things, right? So I think these are still manageable. Um, the not so good side of it is when you move towards the whole like we were t- briefly touching on the cyber bullying portion. Yes, right? yeah. I think many cases recently there's cyber kidnapping even. So like, um, a lot of these stem from social media. So like. Do you have any examples of that? Because I, I think I shared earlier that my twelve-year-old friend, she kind of likely, likely experienced some stuff. Not to the extent of bullying, but what do you see this day? I think for cyberbullying, um, right now, I think most of the things that the information that I get are usually from the Korean side, South Korea cases, lah. So I think um, just a couple of years back, there um. There were a lot of suicide cases of um the Korean celebrities. Um they they like for example, I think 2019, Sauli, one of the um, FX member, she took her own life because um she couldn't take any more bad comments from the netizens uh, regarding her per- persona, her 
like because she I think one of the things that was stood out was she was wearing clothes without a bra underneath and that became a hot topic that Koreans were talking about how can she wear this um you know and get pictured by it and it's not like I don't know socially acceptable and things like that so that was the start of the cyberbullying for her and then suddenly because of that case people started to attack how she looked the way that she dressed blah, and that I think that went on for a couple of years and mm-hmm. finally she decided to this is very well, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so she decided to take her life. And then um, there are also cases where, for example, um, I think in Singapore, there is like, you know, people just bully a classmate just because he is different or she is different from the rest. And they just throw like remarks on, in their face uh, online as well and things like that. And then that drove the person to want to take their own life. But lucky for, for some like their parents found out early, went to the school to speak to the teachers about it. And I think this whole bullying situation, even though it has been around for many, many years, it's just that there's no best way of handling it, I feel. Because the bullies are going to still be there. And I also, I was talking to Joyce before we started the podcast, like, how do you pick somebody to bully? <laughs> like, what is the trait that you look at? So, oh, I want to bully this person. Yeah. Uh, this person is just like that. I don't, no, it's just very simple. I don't like your face. Just... <laughs> but it's like, I don't like your face. It's just a very small thing. But I'm also very sure like, in my, when I was still, when I was studying, I'm very sure that my, some of my remarks or some actions that I did, um, some people may felt like they were bullied by me. I'm very sure that that's the case. It's just that I have not, like nobody make known to me hey Michelle stop bullying me you know like that kind of stuff I'm very sure there is but, but there, there is a caveat to this that person whether it's sensitive or not to bullying that's the mm. but if this is a sensey person like very sensitive what you breathe also you are bullying them <laughs> you can't you see don't forget <laughs> other side of the coin right like recently there has been cases where people are asking for attention or like that five minute of fame situation right because um, nowadays it's really very murky like it, it's a it's a gift and you've got to really take everything with a pinch of salt mm. strong personality doesn't equal that you are bullying the person you can't deal with a strong personality then it may be also your problem right <laughs> yeah Ay. so that's a I mean like this let I mean like what we have mentioned earlier it's not just online offline people also get bullied but online is more rampant now because it's such an easy way to like just send in uh, comments and then that's it. So back to the Korean um whole society thing about um celebrities doing suicide and stuff, right? A lot of times, right, it's really just netizens just like joining in the trend to scold this person because somebody else said this person looks ugly and then you just continue doing that. And to be very honest, you like as a as the celebrity themselves, they have really put themselves out there. And if you think about it, right, it's not a way of life. Eh? It's their job. Eh? Their job is called celebrity. <laughs> so it's like you are trying to, especially some, they, they feel like they're imposing their own morals. Like the netizens think that, oh, this is not the society um, that can accept kind of thing that they are doing so they are putting in their ideas to say that oh this this celebrity have to change to the way that they think that is right but I'm just like huh but they're also human one why do yeah, you the moral standards and the moral standards. yeah correct so and then after like say for example the celebrity took like really committed suicide right 
then suddenly, wow, all the netizens become like angels. Eh? Oh, it's so sad that they left. Oh, yeah, we should have stand up for you when the time where you are being bullied. It's a large-scale cyberbullying portion, right? So when when it's just like peer-to-peer, it's, it's that, that gang mentality and that, that whole, you know, amount of mm. people. So there is different scales of this, but even on a one-to-one standpoint, if I text you every day and say nasty things like your mother shouldn't have given birth to you, isn't this day-to-day? Like imagine every single day I send you hundreds of messages because it's free, uh, frivolous. Uh, and I just don't like you. Uh, then I keep doing that to you. Don't, isn't that also, like there is so many spectrum to this. Eh? But when I see you, uh, I say, hey, Michelle, I'm my best friend. I love you so much. Eh. But then after that, I text you again. You probably should crawl back up your mother or something like that, you know? Oh my god. Oh, so Nowadays is so different. Mm, that's true. Last time that I don't friend you and then that's it. That's the bullying part. Then suddenly 10 people are not friending you. <laughs> and then... That's why I think it's like not as simple as before, right? It's just mm. it's just very complicated now, you know. Yeah, and I think in Singapore back in 2019, there was a statistic that was done. Three in four youth experience online bullying in Singapore. Three in four. Eh. <laughs> so there's like 90% of the people actually had cyber, like have been cyber bullied before. It's so and, shocking that you hear stories here and there of people taking their life or um, seeking help to go to therapy. It's becoming more and more uh, common, which is mm. a, a good thing. and. It's just very, it's a strange time, no? Being mm. this societal uh, kind of phenomenon. Yeah, I think we also spoke about this uh, before we started the podcast was actually now most of the youths are more aware of when to seek help. Like they, they, they sort of like self-diagnose, okay, I'm being cyberbullied. Um, maybe I should inform somebody about it or like um, go and seek therapy, What you know, because I have PTSD from this entire bullying situation that has on like it has been ongoing for a while and things like that. But during our time, okay, it sounds damn old, but during our time, I think we were we were more conservative. When we get bullied, we were just like, you know, quietly just absorbed it and, you know, or even if we tell teacher. During our time, there is no, no social media. Things don't go viral and go out. The news don't mm. go out. Nowadays, even though we see that there are news, you know, once in a while that we see that people come to blah, blah, blah. How many more are, are there? Is there an actual statistic out there that documents this? Mm. Some some may not be reported. They just die. And then maybe they, they don't want to be investigated and, and things like that. So and the schools will, will you know lower the the whole at the escalate the situation, right? Because mm. you realize this year, no, last year or year before they have been slashing at school that has been like, I don't know, things that you never thought happen in Singapore like in the US different every other day there's a shooting at school which is like here it's a safe society and people are doing like some of them attack their teacher here in Singapore it's a very strange situation when you hear this kind of phenomenon Mm. I think we're quite controlled in school also and I believe uh, now there are a lot more um, like I think school talks on cyberbullying or bullying or things like that like they they will have some people from the ministry going into schools to give talks on how to not bully people and when you get bullied, what you should do <laughs> kind of situation then. The module from every, in every, uh, even back in our days, we did do that. But now, just advocating and talking about it, just sending a policeman to the school to talk about this, is, it's not mm. going to be. Uh, it's just very different. Uh. Yeah, for sure. All right, so aside from 
bullying face to face and then also cyberbullying. There's also a new term called cyber kidnapping, which Joyce briefly shared earlier. So cyber kidnapping, if you guys don't know, it refers to a crime where kidnappers convince their victim to hide and then contact their loved ones for ransom. So it's like a bit of a scam and also a same type of cyberbullying. The reason being the kidnappers, although they are not physically present with the victim, they actually monitor them through video call platforms and also use um, threatening things to let them know that if you don't do this, I will kill your family or I know where your family live and things like that. So there was a case back in December, just recently, um, of a 17-year-old um, overseas Chinese student who is in Utah, US. Um, he is the victim of cyber kidnapping. So he... You actually in the Utah, middle of, in the middle of winter, in the middle of a forest somewhere. Um, uh, yeah. In the snow with a tent. And yes. So essentially, the bullier told him that he has no choice, he has to go and hide, right? Otherwise, he will, he will kill his family. But on the other hand, he told the family, like, if you don't give me money, I'm going to kill him. So I don't know how this happened. I don't know if it's like a Chinese syndicate or... Yeah, or, and how do they actually find this person to cyber <laughs> kidnap? <laughs> it's not about kidnapping, but uh, I think in Korea, it's about the psychological control, right? Like, mm. if, let's say the person was looking for a job. Like, we, like in the mindset, why they're very weak or they're very desperate or they are looking for attention. Then they started selling their pictures, like girls selling their normal pictures to, to the guy or they pay, like only fans are but in private. Then um, soon they will consolidate and they will threaten the girl and say, I'm going to expose you, which in a society like Korea is like a big, I don't know, like your life is mm. over. Yeah. Like, then in the end, they become like a pimp or whatever. So um, I think the extent of cyberbullying, the use of technology, you know, is no longer just on a personal basis, it's no longer just to embarrass you or, you know, to target you. It's starting to become like threatening, aggressive. Scam, get yeah. money and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And also now with the rise of artificial intelligence, hmm. these kind of crimes also increase. I mean, now not, not just about this cyber kidnapping or bullying portion, even like in, um, say, Facebook or the so um the mainstream media sometimes they just use AI to control how a person speak with your face to give out in, um fake information about certain like say for example investments that you want to put in and things like that so all these things is actually quite scary yeah AI is supposed to help us but now it feels like people just use it. I can imagine I take a video of your mom and then I make her say things and then you think she's kidnapped. Yeah yeah and I remember also like. Uh, I mean, since we are talking about this, one of the Taiwanese celebrities was sharing on one of the variety show. They say that um, his daughter received a call from this anonymous number. So this person tried to talk to her as long as possible because he wants to record her voice, the, the way that she speaks and things like that. And then once she hang up with this person, although she did not review any information about herself and things like that, the scammer went to call the parents and it sounded exactly like her on the call asking for help they have been kidnapped and things like that it's like the one that will call the guy that will call you randomly and say hey Mishan, you remember me oh and yeah yeah colleague from so and so where and where and then um uh, uh, uh you remember me or not then you'll try and make a talk 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 so i think this is a, a malaysian um malaysian scam that you can hear is it sounds clearly malaysian then um usually how a response is just stop scamming people and get a real job then i'll just hang um, I think there in, in Taiwan there was also another case of a famous YouTuber, like a few like one million subscriber YouTuber. He I don't know whether he incurred debt or something, he, he just needed money. Lah. So 
he took um you know videos of other YouTubers that are online. He took their voice, he took their face, and then he made AI porn of these YouTubers. Yeah, oh, he's in jail right now. This was last year, if I'm not wrong. So AI with that the face and everything, the technology, there can be so many things, right? If you mm. if your profile is public, you can't stop people from downloading your pictures and using your pictures to scam anyone. You can't stop them from doing AI with your pictures. So yeah. put it from a, from it on when your frontal lobe is developed like us, you know, in the 30s. If you are like below 18, this is like the whole world and this is happening to you. And you feel like your life is over. Mm. The scariest part to me of this whole situation from social media to formalness to, to the cyberbullying is just all very scary. It's a very scary world out there now. Mm. So, yeah. okay, um, scariness aside, how should we then prevent or deal with social media as a whole, in your opinion? I think, firstly, is um, gaining self-awareness. I think the, from the, at the start of the podcast, we talk about the usage of social media. Um, I, it, will be, it will be great if we can go on like social, me- um, social media detox sometime in a year so that you, know, you are not relying or dependent on social media to, I don't know, give you a boost of your ego or like, you know, make you feel like yourself, your presence is important. Because I think that is something is important for every for everybody and especially for the youth where you know now first thing first thing the kids learn is how to use an ipad or like no longer watching tv already so all these things are quite important and of course set boundaries Joyce was telling me that there are apps that can you know limit your social media usage for myself for instagram i actually set a 30 minutes timer so once i use um instagram for more than 30 minutes the pop-up will say that oh it's time for you to take a break so that's where I know that, okay, I'm done yeah. using social media for the day. Apps that can lock your social media apps through the amount of times that you're scrolling or uh, they only release the apps when you, in the time that you have set for it to expire. So mm. those are great ways to focus and to cleanse and to control your time. And I think iPhone has a automatically scheduled um, message every Sunday that will come out and say how many percentage of your time you spend. Mm. Yeah. We have a breakdown of that. So um, I think as always, when it comes to dealing with things, it starts from awareness. It starts from looking at the statistics of how long have you been on it and, and understanding why is there a need to be on it? Why do you spend so much time on it? So uh, I think a lot of times I get bored, mainly. So then how do I kill time with, with other things, right? So that I'm not bored. So mm. I think that that is my, my question that I want to solve. Um, as, I, as, as always, um, it's not easy to get rid of this habit because we are always on and we are always waiting for the bus, waiting for the train, waiting for your hair to be done. You know, there's always so much things time. that to wait. Yeah. And then you start like scrolling or you start buying things. You start looking at your calendar. Do I need to do anything? I was like, there's so many things to do besides scrolling your social media. Maybe look at your calendar, read a book, whatever it is, right? It's just take if the whole situation is because you're bored mentally, you're not stimulated, this is again the dopamine and the endorphins of using social media, right? The addiction. Then maybe you need to really move yourself away. And also for parents who have teenagers or like 
young kids that are really using social media, I think, I mean, it's a bit difficult to control what your children see or want to see online and things like that. But it will be good to always check in with them um, to see what they are scrolling on the internet, what is the content that they are engaging with, or like, you know, even put parental access or controls on the social media that the children are using. So I think these are some things that I think it's a bit difficult to implement, especially for parents, because we still want to we I'm not a parent yet, but I believe parents all want to find a balance on giving the freedom of what the child can do, but at the same time also need to educate them uh, how to protect themselves online. Yeah, um, I think even when we were looking at our Instagram earlier, I saw that there is this family center function mm. that can help you to form like a family parental control situation on what your kids see and what. So at least start from my Instagram, Facebook, they're being responsible to do that. Um, TikTok is definitely a very dangerous place for our kids to be. Um, for that, I have no idea how how that works when it comes to parental controls. <laughs> Me too. So um, another way, uh, YouTube has um, parental controls over advertisements, what your kids see and what they don't. Uh, and also search terms like YouTube Kids. So those are things that you can easily start. Um, again, uh, we're not parents, so we can't really talk about that, but uh, these are more lower hanging fruits that you can, you know, start if you have not, uh, your parent you have not started looking into this. Um, I think another way is if you set up a Google account for your kid, you can see their search terms and what websites or what things they've been searching that they've been looking at. So uh, these are very sly way of monitoring your kid, but sliding into your kid's life. <laughs> it's a very, if you think about it, it's a very private thing. Mm, it is. And that is, I would say, the largest extent of things that you can do without being Yeah, It's kind of, again, back into this for your own good, right? But then you need to understand one day if your kid gets cyber kidnapped, you need to know where they are. They actually, where they say you are. So the level of Savviness, technological savviness nowadays is a little bit hard. You can't put an air tag on your kid, right? Well, you can. But I mean, you can, la, but I think for teenagers, who wants to be air tagged? It's like the below 12 still okay, I think. Like the, the, there is this app on your phone where you can see where your friends are. If, if oh, are, yeah, yeah. You can see whether it's their phone out of battery or are they actually like far away or they're not just, just not resting. So this kind of communication has to be done like it's not just for your own good, but it's more like if you need help, I need to know where you are. Mm. Run out of battery for some reason, you are not responsible for your device. Then I know where you are. That kind of communication, um, yeah. But okay, outside of this, besides the parental responsibility situation, what other ways do you think that we can get help these days if you experience any cyberbullying or like social media? Mm. I think aside from speaking to somebody that you trust, there's also other like online platforms. Like for Singapore, they actually have several hotlines for victims of cyberbullying or like even you want somebody to talk to you, right? There's, there's like um, a list of hotlines that you can call. So, I mean, particularly for cyberbullying, which we are, which we touched on in this podcast, um, there's quite a number of it, which I was quite surprised when I, when I did the research. So, something like um, Touch Cyber Wellness Hotline or like this She Cares at SCWO um, platform, you can actually call the people there. There will be counsellors or um, someone there to actually 
facilitate on how you should get about to, um, on the situation that you are facing if you are too shy to speak to your parents about it or like even your teachers or uh, whatsoever. So there's no need to drive yourself to suicide as the ultimate thing to end, which I think in... It's an option. And it's yeah, a, correct. Whatever things that uh, you encounter in your life on social media, there is always a there is always an option, but yeah, and social media is not your entire life. Oh, this is something that I think, as a person, regardless of age, you should always remember there is always an option. There is always a way out. Mm. Uh, unless there's really none, then of course there's still people that can help you. You don't fail alone. Mm. And I think um society level, right? I mean governmental level. I think um for Singapore perspective, since we're here, they are also doing um doing even more um to to protect the people or to protect people from getting cyberbullied. So a lot more I think there's a lot of censorship online that certain words that you cannot use to do or comments and things like that. So these are more uh, things that the government are doing. Yeah. And we have like scam hotline, we have you can make a police report online. You can have so many things that you can mm. in Singapore. So yeah. I believe like bullying, cyberbullying or all these things, right? It will never go away. Because, like I say, there is no like a guideline of who you want to bully. It could just be like, I don't like your face and I feel like bullying you. <laughs> so, I think for the people who are victims of being um being bullied, right, mm, should always find a way to speak up and also to find um sources to actually tell your story to somebody. So, hopefully somewhere or another, somebody will be there to support you and help you through the difficult times. The format of bullying will only get more and more advanced and deeper. And more well. creative, yeah. There is really no run, running away from it. I think having a healthy mindset, like the trivial, don't, mm. about, uh, like, don't let it get to you and having a, a fulfilling life and not just, you know, everything that's in social, superficial. Just healthy, la, basically, you know, even whatever you portray, authenticity, like having a personality. Uh, there is a fine line between getting your voice heard, creating a personality that does not exist. Although, mm. that, but I think uh, being true to yourself, being aware is always the most important authenticity to your to the entire situation. Then, mm. if you know yourself that well, then nobody can bully you. Uh. Yeah, correct. And also, like sometimes you in- ignoring it may help, but sometimes it gets to you because there's a lot of case for a lot of the. Um, celebrities that took their life they they just ignore it thinking that it will go away but you know things get more and more like serious to talk to someone and mm. your friends you know people who uh, nowadays anything that you put it on reddit or any, anywhere else people will have the same situation as you and because of that we should use the positive side of uh, social media and, and you know places like reddit and stuff um that's where the communities are built right because you have you, because you voice it out, you have people who are going through the same thing and then you feel like you're once again not alone. So again, you're never alone. You know, there is always a way out. There are always choices. Mm. There's always a solution. Yeah. So just reach out, you know, when you need help. Um, of course, there are also platforms like betterhelp.com and religious organization if you are um, religious to seek free therapy and stuff like that. So um, all the ways of how to seek help um, are there if you if you bother to Google it and reach out. It's I know it takes a lot and a lot of courage to do that, but if you don't seek help, then you're in trouble. Yeah, if you don't help yourself, it's very difficult for others to help you. 
Whatever you're, you think you're doing or whatever feelings you're feeling is in vain because nobody knows that you're going through that. Mm, agree. Yeah. Mm. My God, we ended so heavily, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. The the whole like self diagnosing. I was trying to be very light hearted about it, but this is uh, this is something that we have observed. I think long enough to still mm. want to talk about it. It's something that's important that we want to advocate. So um, always ask for help. Uh, we'll leave whatever we can uh the helpline so Singapore at least um in in our social media. But uh, at the same time, uh, I think being proactive to get yourself help is is the most important. Huh? Yes. Okay, so I think we have come to the end of today's podcast. We hope that you guys enjoyed this topic that we have spoke about, about social media, being formal, as well as cyberbullying. Yeah, speaking of social media, you can drop us a DM at our social media. Just if you need help, we can point you to the resource. <laughs> yeah, so you can always reach us at notenoughasian1.5 on Instagram or drop us an email at notenoughasian1.5 at gmail.com. Yeah, so drop us a DM. We promise we will not airplane mode you. So. <laughs> If you need help, we will we will try and help you. But again, social media, you have the power of the internet in your hands. Google away, you will always find something. All right. Yes. So with that, hear you next time. Goodbye.